This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville is reintroducing a bill that he offered in the Senate last year that would prohibit biological males from competing as transgender women in female sports. Tuberville also wrote an article for National Review about why he is continuing to push for the passage of this bill. Tuberville says as a coach, he has seen the positive impact of Title IX law when it comes to providing a level playing field in women's sports programs and scholarships. Tuberville believes that radical activists for transgenderism are now undoing the successes of the past and are about to destroy women's sports by allowing males with obvious physical advantages to compete against females. Tuberville says this move from the Biden administration and the U.S. Department of Education is neither safe or fair. The Alabama Law Enforcement Agency has a new director of public safety installed. Jonathan Archer was appointed to the position by ALEA Secretary Hal Taylor. His first day on the job was this past March 1st. Archer is a graduate of the University of South Alabama and a graduate of the FBI National Academy. Archer started work in law enforcement back in 2005 when he joined the Alabama Department of Conservation and the Baldwin County Orange Beach Search and Rescue Unit. He is stepping into the position that was left open by retiring director Colonel Jimmy Helms. A jury in Mobile County has now awarded $7 million in a civil case against Bay Point Children's Psychiatric Hospital. The basis of that lawsuit is that Alta Point Health Systems failed in their standard of care by not protecting a young man from being raped by another patient. The incident happened back in 2019 to a male patient who has the cognitive functioning of an 11-year-old Attorneys for that victim told the jury that the hospital staff was supposed to check on the patient every 15 minutes. However, court documents indicate that the patient went as long as six hours without hospital staff interaction. He was also placed with another unsupervised minor where the sexual assault occurred. Charges against a Dothan meteorologist have been dropped this week. Andrew Clark was arrested this past January on stalking charges regarding a waitress from an area restaurant. The waitress claimed that Clark followed her home from where she worked after first spending hours at the table that she had been serving. Clark's attorney, John White, told WTVY News that the case lacked merit and never made it to trial. So the charges have been dropped. Clark provides weekend weather reports on WDHN. The state surplus property auction is coming up this weekend in Montgomery. The auction will be conducted online at govdeals.com backslash Alabama surplus. It starts at 7.30 a.m. this Saturday and runs all week until Sunday night, March 12th. The auction involves property and equipment that's no longer needed by state and federal agencies, as well as property that's been abandoned at several southeast airports. Items that are sold have no warranty and all sales are final. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, President Joe Biden has indicated that he will sign a Republican resolution if it's passed in the U.S. Senate. The resolution addresses the soft-on-crime law that was created by the city council in Washington, D.C. The bill cannot pass the Democrat-controlled Senate without at least one Democrat joining in and supporting the resolution Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia appears to be willing to do just that. Biden posted on Twitter that he does not support the lowering of penalties and will sign the resolution if it makes it to his desk. 
Joe Biden has also indicated that he will be visiting the people of East Palestine, Ohio, in the weeks ahead after that community suffered a toxic train derailment in early February. Meanwhile, the residents of East Palestine are outraged this week when the CEO of Norfolk Southern failed to show up at a town hall meeting on Thursday. The crowd could be heard yelling, where's Allen? After this is the second time that Allen Shaw has been a no-show for the town hall meetings that have been held following the train derailment and chemical disaster in that area. A South Carolina jury convicts Alex Murdaugh of murdering his wife and son. It took the jury only three hours to deliberate and come back with a guilty verdict. The trial against Murdaugh took six weeks to complete with testimony from 76 witnesses. Murdaugh was convicted of shooting his 22-year-old son, Paul, and his wife, Maggie, at their family estate. Prosecutors say Murdaugh was addicted to drugs and was headed toward financial troubles for taking $9 million from his law firm and clients. The Murdaugh family has served as prosecutors in five counties in that state for the past 87 years. That is until Murdaugh's father retired in 2005. 89-year-old Democrat Senator Dianne Feinstein of California has been hospitalized in San Francisco. Feinstein has a case of shingles, which has caused her to miss votes all this week in the U.S. Senate. Feinstein released a statement this week saying that she hopes to be back in the Senate later this month. And all this week, the COVID-19 lab leak story has made it into various headlines in mainstream media. This all comes as a result of the Wall Street Journal writing about the report from the U.S. Department of Energy. There are those who two years ago suggested that COVID came from the Wuhan lab. They're now being vindicated for their common sense piecing of the facts together to come to that conclusion. One of those on a national level was Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton, but more locally here in Alabama, former biosafety lab director Kyle Boyette, who spent 20 years working with UAB until retirement just a few years ago. Boyette spoke to the Daily Detail last year about the biolabs he knew of in Ukraine, as well as the U.S. money that was being sent to the Wuhan lab through the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases, which is the agency that was run by Anthony Fauci until recently. Well, we featured part of that conversation with Kyle Boyette on yesterday's Daily Detail edition. Then we caught up with Kyle Boyette on Thursday, where he explained why the U.S. Energy Department would weigh in on the origins of a virus such as COVID-19. Now, I'm not I'm not a radiation guy. I'm a bio guy, okay? So I can't tell you really a whole lot of the history behind that, but it's my recollection, I believe it was in 74, there was a split from the, the, uh, some of the national labs and they started dividing up the national labs as to what you're going to be working on. Most of which was away from, from energy, from nuclear. Okay. Okay. And so then, and then I think it's in 77 under Carter's administration. I believe that's right. Then they started dividing it up, and some of these other national labs started being more chemical and biocentric as opposed to less Department of Energy. But they still fell under the umbrella of the Department of Energy because I've heard people talk about why is the DOE involved with uncovering Wuhan lab stuff? They've long expected it to come from like the NIH, something that has a bio intrinsic interest i guess right um, but that's your that's your connection is the doe also has a bio interest gotcha. with some of their other labs i will be playing more of my conversation with kyle next week so stay tuned you're listening to the daily detail from 1819 news 
Be sure and listen to the 1819 News podcast this weekend as host Brian Dawson sits down with freshman state lawmaker Ernie Yarbrough. My background, therefore, is one that I love family, I love faith, I love values, I love freedom, and taught to, like, let's step back for a minute and let's analyze the situation, right? And let's really get to the root, root of why this is happening so we can fix the problem, so that we don't have to continue in a wrong path, in a hurtful path. Uh, in an immoral way or a destructive way. Let's, you know, like Ted Nugent, right? That great philosopher, Ted <laughs> Nugent said, you know, I would I would rather the axe murderer be dead and the old woman be alive, but maybe it's just me. Yeah. <laughs> you can find more of that podcast at 1819news.com under the podcast tab. If you are enjoying the daily detail and want to make sure the reports come up easily on your electronic device, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on the main page of the daily detail on whatever podcasting app you've been using to listen. That could be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other podcasting apps. You can also get the word out about The Daily Detail by sending a link to a friend or dropping me a five-star rating. I surely do appreciate it. I'm Andrea Tice. I will be back again on Monday. Until then, have a wonderful weekend. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values.